Laura. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Today, our podcast can't go below 50 miles per hour or it'll explode! And going on this wild ride with me today is Brock Powell. So, Brock, is Speed a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? Should be. I mean, you're you're dealing with high-stakes police chase action that now in 2022 where we're looking at, first of all, the main villain is a cop. And I couldn't think of a better situation right now, politically speaking, where that's actually something that might be a little more believable, where that was a twist. And so maybe getting that out of the way earlier, uh, <laughs> you know, and establishing more of a backstory of why this particular villain feels motivated to go against the police force. Is he a bad actor? Does he feel like this is actually like, is, is there a whole like speed origin story here? I mean, I tend to agree. One of the notes that I have for this is that um, I, one of the things I want him to say in the movie is that Howard Payne was fired because he was a cop that was fired after he shot someone. Right. And he's so upset about it because every and he's like every single cop has shot someone every single cop the only difference is that i was caught on camera (laughs) and so i deserve what everyone else gets and just like just like so checked out of like yeah killing like just that extra step of like every person in the rest of the movie is like yeah killing people's bad and he's like no it's not i'm just caught i just got caught for it right no i think i think that's definitely uh an angle of it and then also the commentary of like public transportation still hasn't gotten better in 25 years. Like if anything, it's gotten worse. Yeah. So this movie came out, what, 28 years ago. We're almost at the 30th anniversary of speed. So I feel like, yeah, if you miss the 30, then you have to hit it at the 50 or else we all blow up. Yeah. Um, That's (laughs) true. That's exactly true. I mean, in two years, it'll be the 50th. So the time's nigh, but yeah. So I initially saw this movie for the first time in December. And then I watched it again uh, last week. Oh, you've never seen it? I, I No, I hadn't seen it. It was just one of those movies that I was like, this feels like a movie that I am due to have seen. And that's why I was like, I got to talk about this movie. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you picked that movie. You Now, are there things from the remake, like if we were to remake this film, that, that you're like without question need to have an homage or a nod to something from so, the film? So when I initially watched this movie, I went in blind. And uh, so... Like there's that entire first section of the movie where they're dealing with the with the elevator movie. Like there's three movies in this movie. The 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 opening of speed is the most confusing part because it really feels like we should like we're missing something. Cause it feels like that should be the third act. It's it, it, the movie opens with the third act of a different movie. Yeah, so, it absolutely like, does. You know, like all of a sudden you've got Jeff Daniels, who's just, I, I don't even, this came out the year before Dumb and Dumber. So I have no idea what his agent was doing or how, how this came about, but we're supposed to buy him as this like seasoned, hard boiled, like FBI SWAT guy. <laughs> it's just comical. He's playing his newsroom self before he got to be a newsroom guy. Mm-hmm. And- Although, you know, the, the dialogue in this movie, I, Although problematic now, Joss Whedon um, wrote ninety eight percent of it. I think I'm quite that makes sense because because the, the liners in here, especially in the opening, there's some really great, just like absolute batshit crazy one liners, which I yeah. feel like are, are you know integral to this film. And well, even just the beginning of the movie where they're having this philosophical conversation about uh, what do you do if a if a bad guy takes a hostage? I, I shoot the hostage. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Just in the leg or something. That way they're no longer a factor. And then I have a clear shot at the bad guy. And it's like, except in five minutes, you shoot the the uh, the guy in the leg and then don't shoot the bad guy. You let him get away and ex- explode, which of course, no one looks for a body. It's like, oh, well, he he's definitely dead. Did anyone go into the other room and check? <laughs> He didn't jump into lava. He's not vaporized. There should be bits of him all over the place if he exploded. <laughs> well, 
You know, it's funny. Like, if this movie got remade, which again, it totally should. I feel like would would you want to see Speed set in a different city? Would because to me, it's inherently Los Angeles. Like, it it is so so L.A. It is, but I genuinely don't know where you'd be able to have like a continued presence of driving at 50 miles per hour in the city of LA. And even the original movie bails on that eventually with an unfinished highway and then just doing just doing donuts at the airport. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's amazing to me that the whole concept is you're in Los Angeles and you have to go consistently for 50 miles per hour. It's like, well, first of all, even in 1994, no one in LA was, was doing consistent 50 anywhere. No. So they had to get creative very quickly. This, did you have you watched the sequel yet, where it's on a boat? Uh, what cruise controlled? No. Oh, it's Willem Dafoe. Oh, it's so great! It's so good. I've listened to the uh, "How Did This Get Made" episode about it. Yeah, well, that's pretty much all you need. It's yeah. it's, it's insane. Well, it's written for Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, and then Keanu Reeves said no, but Sandra Bullock had already said yeah. yes, and yes, then they're yeah. stuck. Yeah, apparently their managers didn't talk or something. So we're remaking this movie. I keep it in LA. I definitely think that. So then that's the next question. I I think it needs to start in LA because we have two big issues. Okay. One, I don't know how much gas is normally kept on a a city bus. True. And also city buses are bigger now. Sometimes they have those double, like those double buses. Oh yeah. Double wide. Mm -hmm. um, Which are like a bus. And then there's the, the, the squiggly thing in the middle. That's the technical term, squiggly thing. And then there's the second part of the bus. So the question is, I mean, there's so many different things you can do. Like, it has to be a bus just because that's speed. Like, it's like, well, put them in an Uber. You can't put them in an Uber. Well, if I were to remake speed, I think I would spend more time building a backstory for every passenger. Like, I would lose the elevator opening because we don't really need that. I agree. And also, like, you take all of this time. Well, I mean, you do that to kind of establish that the, the terrorist guy is a threat. But at the end of the day, I feel like like that's the plan he spent two years devising. But I don't think it works because he's trapped in an elevator. How's he going to get away with the money? The thing at yeah. the end is so much smarter. <laughs> the, but like this, if they if they brought three million dollars to the hotel or whatever or the biz the building to give him to get people out of the elevator, right? How was he going to get it? No, the, and so yeah, this guy was a cop who like is upset he didn't get his pension. But he's like clearly a tactical or military genius. Like he should have been uh, running running some legion of military or something because he's just such a tactical genius. But yeah, the, the two-year plan with the elevator doesn't work. So let's lose that and then spend that time. Now you've got a double wide bus where you've got twice as many passengers to introduce. So let's let's make it kind of like crash a little bit where we're following each individual story. And then... 20 minutes in, they're stuck together. And now how are all these characters coming together? So you still have your cop on the edge, but now you care about the people and the stakes are there. Because that's the one thing about speed is you don't care about literally anybody. The only one I care about is uh, the the large Latinx guy that he inexplicably calls Gigantor. Which seems uh, so Ortiz, who I, I did recast Ortiz. Oh, great. He's so, yeah, Keanu Reeves is Ortiz so is aggressive. But he was just so I- aggressive to him. Like, like... I also care about the the initial bus driver, but that's mostly because his name is Sam. Oh, well, there you go. Um, uh, Alan Rock, who plays the sort of yuppie, the guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he plays Cameron in Ferris Day, Bueller's yeah. Day Off, who plays like the sort of icky, the, the icky like, I shouldn't even be here guy. That, it doesn't work, but I love it because <laughs> yeah, he's such a nice person. I might potentially disagree. I don't think we need to spend as much time getting backstories for people because I feel like it's more interesting if that trickles out while they're on the bus. Mm. I think what you need to do is just like, it was just an ordinary day for uh, Jack Traven, <laughs> LAPD officer. And then like, literally it's one of those things where um, he was supposed to get on the bus and he was supposed to be the example of the guy that died. Because like, mm. there's that thing at the beginning where he's like talking to the bus driver of that first bus that explodes. And like, literally, I think that should happen at like two, three, five minutes into the movie. Right. And then all of a sudden, and then the phone starts ringing. And then like, for whatever reason, someone got on the bus that like they switched places. And so now Jack is the one who's on the phone with the crazy person. It's like, well, things happen. Guess what you're in charge of now? Who the heck are you? So this is the bus that's going to explode next. Do you want to stop it or not? Yeah, no, I think you don't need anything more than that. 
we didn't need anything. And the fact that they introduced Dennis Hopper as the bad guy, like you gave away the tour. Like now we're wondering how he's connected or why he's doing it. But in the opening of the movie, you tell us who the bad guy is. So now there's no mystery because yeah. we know we clearly know it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. So you I also think- like establish that Jeff Daniels gets shot in the leg, and then like the next day or whatever the he's rest fine. of the movie, he's just walking around like he's fine. Well, that's why that guy wanted his uh, pension and healthcare so bad because apparently the cops have really great uh, medical insurance. So he was able to get completely fixed up within 12 hours and back on the force. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing about cops. You, if you shoot them, unless you get them with that shot, they're fine. Yeah. And this whole idea that like, also I've got questions about this guy was like put on military disability, no, sorry, not military, but police disability because his thumb got cut off. Yeah. But, but then he spends all this time building intricate bombs and wiring with a thumb that he apparently can't hold a gun with. So there definitely was a thought that I had where like, so I haven't seen cruise control, but in my head, the way it should have been done would have been like the the twist from the end of scream where it's not just one ghost face. There's two, Mm. but that's been done so many times, but it's like, how can you set up this giant, incredibly elaborate thing with just one person? Like there needs to be two people, but for our purposes, one is enough. I definitely think a reboot would benefit from some more like, jigsaw killer kind of ominous like cat and mouse like yeah, we don't well, we don't that's you know, exactly it yeah but i'm sorry continue no no i want a weird voice i want a modulator i want i want there to be like this this person seems to have the upper hand constantly and then the reveal i mean you almost don't need jeff daniel's character at all in the in the remake oh I mean, I recast him just to, like, give us someone that uh, that the Keanu Reeves character can be talking to back in yeah. base. Because th- one of the annoying things about this movie is that just, like, Keanu Reeves does literally everything. He's there in the elevator for the first one. I get that he's, like, just randomly on the phone for the second. That's fine. Yeah. But then he's also the one that slides under the bus to try to disarm the bomb when yeah. he does not have that expertise. Hey, like, but someone's he- literally trying to walk him through it over the phone right. where it's like, no, no, that's the person you should be sliding under the bus. No, it's easy. And then, I... <laughs> at the end of the movie, after they've like exploded and slid across the tarmac, they he and Annie get in an ambulance and instead of going to the hospital, he takes this victim with him downtown <laughs> and asks her to hang around while he goes and does stuff that he should not be doing. Right. And like, and that's why she, like, and then instead of just letting the ambulance continue on with her to the hospital, she should not be there. <laughs> but to your earlier point of, if we just keep it as just this bus of the first bus was rigged to explode and that's all it was. And that's why it was the example. But the second bus has all your jigsaw traps. It has the bomb under the door. If anyone tries to escape, it has electrified windows. It has this, it has that, it has the other thing. And has all the, like, this person like spent months rigging this particular bus and this is the bus that it's go- that it- that everyone is trapped on and it's like anytime they try to do something clever it backfires and kills someone yeah so they also they do they ever explain like how many buses this guy manipulated cuz i feel like that would be a great it's just two right it's just the well, one at the beginning what? that explodes well, and then this one but this guy why not more like wouldn't he have contingency buses cuz obviously like like he didn't have a plan. He somehow knew that this guy was like that, that screwed up his big deal for his millions of dollars was close with the bus driver. So he's decided that to get back at Jack, he's going to blow up the bus driver. But what makes no sense is then rather than holding the bus driver, he's close with hostage, which probably would make more sense to get him on the bus in the first place. He blows that guy up in, in bad faith and then tells him, okay, catch your next bus. And yeah. This also this movie uh, does one of my biggest '90s pet peeves, which is it has seven endings. There are seven endings, <laughs> right? So the but so so for the for the bulk of the forty five minute like chase, we're like waiting for them. Oh, how are we going to get the hostages off? Okay, we're going here. Uh, the, like one guy got off because he was shot, and then a lady blew up because apparently he can isolate the staircase blowing up. So we're down two passengers. They get to the tarmac. We finally like swap them and convince him that, that they're on another bus or the same no, bus. No, they, they loop the footage. Right, right, right. So he doesn't notice, right. But he doesn't notice that they've moved buses. Like they're they're now on another bus. 
they've looped the footage to like pull it, pull the wool over his eyes. And then you're telling me all this equipment and he didn't know that the bus detonated. Like he didn't have like a, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the, what you get with technology at the time of you can have closed circuit television in a moving bus that is Wild. somehow sending a signal across the city in 1994. Mm-hmm. And you won't actually know when that signal gets cut off. Yeah. Wild. That's actually a great, I, that actually doesn't make any sense now. You're I right. mean, if anything, it would function now just because now you could do that. At the time, you could not. Well, okay. So we're, we re- remake Speed. We start in Los Angeles. Start in um, Los Angeles. Start just regular day. Something's happening. A guy is about to get on a bus, doesn't. And then as he's walking back to go get the thing he forgot, that bus explodes. Right. Okay. So now he's like, gets a phone call. I don't know how he's going to get a phone call. There aren't any payphones. What I think would be funny is because... <laughs> Because we're dealing with crazy levels of technology, what yeah. I would like to happen is the uh, the uh, 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 Howard Payne taps into the emergency alert system. Ah, and like because you get those uh, those um, brown alerts or whatever. Yeah, yeah, where everyone's cell phone pings saying uh, an old person got in a car they shouldn't have gotten into or something yeah, the, like that. The silver silver alerts. Yeah, yeah. And every single person's phone around pings with the silver alert. And it says the next bus is bus 5225 or whatever. It okay. Is. I'm in. That's cool. I like that. Cause a lot. that way we also don't need to hear the person's voice. Smart. No, I like that. So obviously this guy's got some more tech, you know, tech savvy. And especially if it's pinged to everyone in the city or like you, we can figure out a way to like, it's isolated around the bus. Like he's figuring out a way to do it in sections. Right. Because if that's the case, then there's no reason why the people on bus 5225 didn't get it. So we can't send it to everybody. But once he's on the bus and the bus is going, then the number of people who are getting these notifications can get wider and wider and wider. Right. And that way it can be creating this mass panic all over the city instead of just isolated to this crazy bus that's just damaging all the cars on the highway and no one knows what's going on. Okay, I love it. How do we solve the fuel the fuel issue with the bus? Do we make it a hybrid bus where suddenly it's like, because we're in 2024, it's energy efficient. So when the fuel I, runs out. I think that it, I just think that just gives us our second ticking clock. Our first ticking clock is you can't go under 50 miles an hour. The second ticking clock is that uh, Howard Payne says there is exactly this much fuel on the bus, which means that you have exactly two hours and 13 minutes before that bus runs out of fuel while running at this speed. If you wow. don't think I've done the math, yeah, you're yeah. wrong. You have two hours and 13 minutes to pay me, or this bus will definitely automatically go under. And I have to disarm the bus before then, or you're all done. And instead, I mean, the next thing is that like, I do think the way that they do the money drop off where he drills a hole in the bottom of a garbage can. I think it's neat, but at the end of the day, it's 2022 we have technology. So presumably we're setting the movie now. Yeah. yeah. Cause like every once in a while I'll be like, when do you want to set this? Oh man, let's set it in 1950. No, we're setting it now. This is what's going on. Um, I think if we set it in 1950, it would be, we have to call it sped instead of speed, but that's separate. That's funny. That's funny. What about um, your cast? Do you want to talk about who your casting is? What we'll do cast at the end. The one thing I will tell you is that I, uh, I gender swapped Jack, uh, now short for Jacqueline instead of Jack. <laughs> More important, I, I figure we'll figure out plot first and then we'll kind of like get to like who we're filling in the different people. Okay, so the other the other thing is if we're going to go with, um, there's a time limit on the bus. This guy's obviously tech savvy. I actually would challenge your idea of Please. Not, not nodding to an Uber because I think to complicate it, it would be really interesting that now that he's on the bus, you find out that there's also seven smaller bombs that have been attached to rideshare cars. So now he also has to work with like another police unit to try to track these seven, these seven Ubers that are randomly going to detonate through the city. So it isn't just one vehicle. He's basically right. attacking pro- public transit. I'm going to plus up that as well. Cause this is an attack basically on the police department that fired him. Yes. Yeah. So let's say that, one of the things we're kind of revealing in the first five minutes of the movie is this big news article talking about how Tesla donated a dozen cars to be used as police cruisers 
uh, to the LAPD. Right. And they, these are all cars that kind of have that self-driving car technology. So, of course, instead of connecting to a bunch of random Ubers, the Howard Payne, the terrorist, hijacks these Tesla auto, cars. self-driving cars. Awesome. And now they're basically like, they instead of, they, they're now flanking the bus and like can split off and do their own separate. Cool. Yep. Love it. So that's how he's monitoring them. Great. I love it. Mm-hmm. So the, the, and that's just one of the other crazy jigsaw things that he put in. I mean, honestly, what other traps do you want to put in this bus? I think the bus splits off. So at some point. No, I mean um, like things in the bus. Like, do you want to electrify the windows? Do what do you oh, want to gotcha, put under gotcha. the seats? Oh, I was saying, I think literally like the, if you're doing a double decker bus at some point, he's modified it. So the back half of the bus splits off. Oh, okay, cool. And then you've just got this gaping hole in the back of the bus. Right. And 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 either like the last hour you lose that to to, you know, increase fuel efficiency or whatever. Yeah, honestly, yes. I like that idea. I like the idea that he blows off the second half, the back half of the bus because he's like this is taking too long and I don't think you're going to make it. So you know what? As a show of good faith, I'm yeah. going to give you more time. How? Boom. Yeah, yeah. The back half blows off and now all of a sudden and now you can travel much faster at much better fuel efficiency. I yeah. just bought you 45 minutes. You're welcome. Um, I think maybe he could do something so that like, cause you know, gross out impaling or things like that is always kind of fun. Like it doesn't have to be visceral, but maybe the initial bus driver like is trying to like manipulate the, the way he's driving so that he's able to like take his shoe off to keep the bus going at 50. Mm-hmm. And then like, like a sort of like a, a spike comes out of the brake pad and sticks his foot to the, you know, so now he's like stuck. He's physically, his foot's physically stuck on the gas. That works. And they have to like help pry his foot off without losing. So someone has to like be ready to take over and like remove his foot. I mean, you want to make it really gross if it severs his foot off. So when the next second person's driving, they have to drive by decelerating, by pressing their foot onto his foot. Yeah. It, I mean, it depends how horror you wanted to go. I mean, if, if you want to. Not especially, but you could yeah. do that. No, I think it's a great, I think it's a great. But idea. I mean, my t-shirt does, my t-shirt does have ghosts on it, but it doesn't show anyone eating anyone, unlike your shirt. Right. So my, my uh, other question would be like, is there, do you think we could twist it with someone on the bus being in on it this time? Um, That's been done before. I'm trying to remember the movie that did that. Well, probably a hundred movies, but. I'm sure. I, I feel like for sake of simplicity, I like the idea of the lone gunman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I don't necessarily want to be playing that extra game of this other person's in on it. This other person is convinced because if they're on a butt, like, because the whole point is that he's miles and miles away in no danger right. whatsoever. Right. And I can't imagine someone risking their own life by being on the bus that's supposed to explode. Right. Uh, um. I feel like we just have this one person who is like the genius tactician spent his life learning all these different things, but also was wildly over aggressive, like clearly brilliant, clearly fucked up. Right. And like, it's just those kind of two things married in a single person. And I feel like that's a unique come. Well, it's not unique in the police force, but it's it for our purposes. It's just this one guy who's taken who like he did his whole career took things too far well and okay so how much of this is also like incited by the police chief trying to sanitize their image so they fire this guy who is now you know the mastermind of all this do we change like rather than make him a lowly detective do we make him someone higher up well, who are the cops that are normally the ones being arrested for shooting people? They're the ones who are on the street. Oh, that's true. And so it's it's rarely the lieutenants or the, the captains who are themselves out on the street. Villanueva accepted the the LAPD, the current chief of the LAPD, uh, who doesn't take pics, uh, pictures without his shirt on because apparently he has gang and Nazi tattoos. But the important thing is, it, let's say we're, we're, we are representing the chief of police that follows that guy Mm. who's like this is what the lapd used to be for so long and so of course we're firing all the people who aren't we we gave all the cops the benefit of the doubt but now here we are and we like all right we gave you the benefit of the doubt and we're not firing anyone 
just because we switched police chiefs. But if you continue right. this behavior, we will fire you. And this guy, the one who was fired, did continue the behavior. Was fired, stewed for two months, and then just spent six months setting up this big elaborate revenge payoff scenario. It is is there an element to this too where like, you know, because obviously the 90s, the way they portrayed it was like the news was very much on the side of like the police and yeah. the helicopters were following and everybody was just like rooting for cops. Is there a world where this, the speed scenario starts to happen? But people are making assumptions that the cop on the bus is holding them hostage and that the cop on the bus is the problem. And so then you have like vigilante civilian justice or people like protesting and trying to stop the bus, not realizing what's actually happening. I mean, that's not a bad idea, especially if we already have the bus rigged up. There's no reason to think that there wouldn't be cameras or things on the bus and like whatever unfortunate shots of uh, Jack Traven get taken. We have those things being sent out. So they're paint like is painting this crazy guy in the media. So yeah, I think that's a great idea right? of just this extra element of, even though Jack Traven's on with the other people in the police department, like all of a sudden, how do we know who do we believe what's going on? He's the, and then we can even tease that Jack is, of course he's on the bus. It's the only way he'd be able to pull all of this off. Right. Right. He was at the other bus exploding and he didn't get on. Right. And, like, you can literally have a, a shot of Jack at the exploded bus being the, the closest person to it after it exploded. Right. I think that's an amazing idea. I love that a lot. And the night, the unfortunate thing is that now the, the 105 freeway is finished, so we can't have our ridiculous jump across, uh, <laughs> across a 50-foot gap or whatever it was, because that was insane. Well, it's also easy to, like, because all of our highways are constantly being refurbished or down a lane, that's so easy to just change that to, like, I know at the time that was cool because that was historical, Mm -hmm. but if if we were to say, like, oh, no, the 101's being repaired at this junction or whatever, like, that's a thing that happens. (laughs) They shut down lengths of highway for repairs for months at a time, at night usually, yeah. And that was one thing I was going to say was like, to me, you automatically make this movie scarier and more badass if it's at night and you can't really see what's going on because everyone on the bus is not 100% aware. Cause it's all, it's all a daytime thriller. It's completely during the day. I, I would also push back on that just because like, if we're all just going to be sitting here, I'd rather be able to see the people. I mean, one of the big complaints that a lot of people make about movies and TV shows and Game of Thrones or whatever is like, it was too dark. I couldn't see anything. Yeah. And people are all, and one of the reasons I never saw it, but like, what was that movie? Colossal, where whoever the actress is was, con- was controlling the giant monster. It was like, oh, it's yeah. a horror and movie during the day. Yeah. And like, yeah. that's great. Let's have more horror movies during the day. Like stuff's still scary if you can see it. If anything, it's worse. And... Uh, I feel like if it's at night, you're just going to spend the whole movie just staring at headlights. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the bus rigged. We've got these Tesla cop cars. The bus is yeah. in pursuit. Is it leaving LA? Because you had mentioned like that, maybe well, that's, now. That's my next question of how do you get to a place where you have open highway and it's just getting out of the city of just picking a direction and continuing on? Well, you probably had to no Nevada turns, or, no or I guess the desert, the, the desert out there. That I don't know. What's your, what, what's your preference? Probably, probably the 91 back out, out to Vegas. Yeah. Or 95, I-95. I mean, you can even have that as uh, the attraction of the bus's time to have exactly as much fuel. Because how long is the drive to Vegas? Two hours? Two and a half? It's four hours. And I would also say you actually solve a problem of filling one of those big buses because there are buses that pick you up in downtown Los Angeles and they take you to a hotel in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So- there's a bus that will pick you up and, and like a bunch of tourists and people will get on the bus. I've taken it to go back to visit my family and you'll drive for four hours through the interstate in the desert with all the road stops and stuff, which might even be more fun. Cause you get, you know, like all the weird interstate stuff that occurs and like, you, you know, does the bus get pulled over by or attempted to pu- pulled over by some like backwater cop who's not yeah. in on it. Right. Uh, yes, absolutely. The answer to that question is yes. 
And then you end on the strip and then you've got, which is always my favorite way to end a movie. You end on the Las yeah. Vegas strap. And, and exactly that of like, it's specifically timed and they're, you're told in the movie of like, if you don't stop this bus, you'll never guess where it's going to explode. And then you just have the, the establishing shot of Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm in on this because there is a speedway in Las Vegas that they built for NASCAR. So maybe the oh. film ends. There's literally a NASCAR speedway that they race in, in Vegas. Love it. And, and there's your open. You just keep going in circles and then you're, you know, get introduced to the NASCAR pit crews and stuff. I get, uh, I love that. Um, the other thing is I, there needs to be an homage to the two and just the inexplicable baby stroller filled with soda cans. Yeah. Was that a lesbian couple? I couldn't figure it out. It absolutely was, I think. Uh, but they, the, the, the cutaway <laughs> gag of, we think that Sandra Bullock has just like totally Blast decimated and, a baby. Yeah. And it's, it's soda cans. It's recycling. And the lady, yeah. the lady's like really upset about it. Like you bitch. It's like, it's so, I, my fiance had to come in cause I was laughing so hard last night. Rewatching just that scene. Cause it, it we just, do have to have that. That is true. And I, I think we need correct. to, uh, I mean, I think her stroller needs to be a modern stroller. Yes. Uh, instead of one that looks like it uh, was out of a Tim Burton movie from <laughs> One of Tim Burton's first uh, animated books. Yeah, that was a, it. Was such a weird like. I think they got the stroller from Ghostbusters too. They were like, "Ah, what? What are we doing with this?" Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, oh, here's my proposal for the 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 way they do the money. Um, mm. If this cop is so good at hacking everything, the cop says, "All right, here's how you're going to pay me. Of it's going to instantly launder the money because you." have to go to Vegas and put X number of dollars on this specific bet. You have uh, to go to this it. roulette table and yeah. put this much money on this number and lose. I, I like it. No, this is great. So it's becoming a heist movie. It's, it's, I'm, I, I love it. I think it's great. And what'll happen is like, you get that money in that, like you put that, and because he's also rigged that specific roulette or yes, rigged that specific roulette table and set it all up so that basically you'll win. And then when you turn in that money, the person you're turning those chips in, you basically say, all right, I'm turning these chips in. Please leave them on hold for this person. Mm. And of course, the person they're turning into, when you get to behind the gate, that's the guy. The person they turn in the chips to after making the bet, after winning the bet, after going to turn the chips in, the person who's standing there at the casino to collect the money, that's when we reveal that's, that's our great. Howard Payne. That's our terrorist. That's, that's excellent. Especially because that person could be standing there collecting chips and seeing screens all over the place that you assume are the casino, but then you can hit a switch and all the screens turn into the bus. Great. I love it. I love it. I love it. But yeah. All right. What other, oh man, what other pieces of, what other pieces of speed do we need? Cause they have this whole standoff in the end with like, let's say they finally get to Vegas. They manage to, let's take another step back. How do they get out? How do they, how do they, do they end up hacking the signal of uh, the terrorist? You're talking, how do they stop the bus? How do they live? How do they survive? How does, how does Jack do it? I think if we go to Vegas and we're back on the speedway before the money's dropped off, uh, I think, I mean, essentially you could have a thing where like it's NASCAR drivers that are like coming alongside the bus and like pit crews are disassembling the bus as it goes. So that there's just less to detonate. Yeah, I mean, in that world, you you have them like racing up and taking the taking the hostages out one by one, um, and then that's just racing against the clock before the guy detonates the bus anyway. You could probably do something with the looping video, but if he has like all this technology, he would be that would probably wouldn't work either. You know what we could do hmm. is I think we could do a combination of two of your ideas. Yeah, I think we can do NASCAR, and I think we can suddenly make it night. And here's my suggestion of um, everything on this bus is set to technology and it's broadcasting, it's doing all these different things. Um, and everything is set with radio signal and they've kind of figured out and they kind of like, there's someone on the bus who's kind of able to pick up signals and figures out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And what they realize they need to do is they need to sever that connection, but there's no way to sever that connection without getting under the bus. And they need to get something that can speed up and get as close to the bus as possible and then get out of there before triggering like proximity sensors can like outrun the, the, the exploding Teslas that are around the bus. So they have an, one of those NASCAR, one of those uh, Las Vegas Speedway cars drive up with an EMP. 
Love it. And they have it on this timer where the only way that they're going to be able to get away with this is if it's happening while the person's having to go place the bet in Vegas. Mm. Because that way the terrorist is going to be distracted by getting the money. So getting the money, making sure that's happening, an EMP comes up and sets it off and like <sighs> shuts the bus down and shuts everything down, sets down, shuts down all the signals. But because all the cameras are set to paying attention to roulette, the terrorist doesn't see that. Howard Payne doesn't see that. And so all we see is the, everything on the bus gets shut down. And so it just rolls to a stop right in front of the giant pyramid. I love it. Or um, rolls, rolls to a stop right in front of the Welcome to Vegas or whatever the big sign is. No, that's great. Uh, just a, another wrench I thought of that is just totally nonsensical. But what if we made it like, because New Year's is really big on the strip. What if we made oh, yeah. it a New Year's movie? Because that would also explain why there's no, so there would be no cars anywhere in Vegas except for like the 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 Fremont Street and everything mm-hmm. would have all the people on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest of Vegas is basically totally empty. Great. So love the, it. So then you also have the distraction of all that stuff happening. I don't know. Just Well, minute. you also get to do the really dumb thing that I've definitely seen, I'm pretty sure, in a Futurama episode um, where it's literally everyone is counting down the New Year's because that's when it's supposed to arrive. A five. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Three. Yes. Yes. Two. And then you have the big explosion, but it's the big explosion of Happy New. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Happy yeah. New Year. And the bus yeah. is just, everyone's just like. I love it. I love it. That's very funny. I like that a lot. That's just the kind of campy this movie needs. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And then, uh, uh, and then of course they're in Vegas and they have to figure out what's going on and 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 track down Howard Payne on foot. You probably have a similar scene to to the the under the garbage can thing because most casinos mm-hmm. look like that anyway, where yeah. something's happened and like the the you know the two lead characters get separated and. Um, I'm curious because you had, you said you had changed the the gender of Jack. Is, is Annie still Annie, or is there a yeah, yeah. Annie's still Annie? So then, you, you, if she's separated from the love interest, then you need to just decide oh. how you lose them in the casino, or if they're not love interests at all. I didn't want to make them love interests at all. The fact that they're love interests in this movie in, entirely is so weird. Like it's, basically, it's Annie different. is at an eleven the whole movie, just super endangered, super crazy, and then. She continually gets in further danger because Jack keeps putting her in further danger. And then she gets kidnapped because he brought her with him to the to the bad guy instead of letting her go to the hospital like everyone else did. That's and then wild. at the end, she's like, well, I guess we better have a lot of sex, even though I was just in an exploding subway car. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. Their their love interest is dumb and I hate it. Jack, Jack doesn't deserve to like win Annie. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, Jack could be flirting. I definitely cast... A specific person and she could be flirting with annie the whole time but i think annie can just say no and that's fine yeah i'm excited but yeah part of it part of the reason why i wanted to gender swap uh jack is because uh not that a lot of the female cops are a lot better but male cops especially are not great yeah well i and i also think i, I i'm a fan of female action heroes and there aren't enough yeah. of them um i agree yeah, I'm excited to hear your casting pick. Okay, so how are yeah. we killing um, Howard? Does he? It's got to be something Vegasy, right? Well, I love the decapitation because it's so brutal. It really does not fit with any of the other violence in the movie. It's really that's sudden. true. I um, mean, it, I, it, it fit. It fits with um, uh, Helen being exploded and then like the bus kind of dump dump over her. That was pretty yeah. brutal. Yeah, there, there's a couple like very like sudden and not tonally consistent. Like, whoa, holy shit, that's really. Like just killing Jeff Daniels, <laughs> just like because they they basically were trying to go to where Seven eventually got to, which was like this is a completely like uh, you know no regard for human life sociopath with a lot of time on his hands, which is super scary. That's a scary premise. Yeah. Then we add in a sociopath that's formally uh, either a. Cop I mean, you or know what the obvious answer is, right? No. So the obvious answer is you chase this guy all around the casino, which he's also laid with traps. And he's like, be, like taking out a couple cops who are trying to track him down. And he finally manages to make it out of the casino. And he's like, it's too late, Jack. I already won. You can't catch me. And he turns and runs and is hit by a bus. I don't have a better answer than that. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. But it has to be outside of the lady luck or something, you know, yeah. have to, like you and pan up to like a hotel. That's hilarious. You know? 
the fact that uh, the bil- the villain of Speed isn't killed by a bus just occurs to me now, and now makes me upset that that's not how it works. That's pretty brilliant. Uh, I'm with you. That's how he dies. So he's now right. going to be brutally killed by a bus. Yes. Which, uh, that it'll be such a good bus death that we can retire that movie trope of someone yeah. inexplicably walking backwards into a street to talk about things, which no one does. Exactly. It's uh, gets uh, Mean Girls or um, Stranger Than Fictioned. Yeah, it's so it, it's so stressful. Um, yeah, I love it. So that's how they're dead. No, they're not together. We got a little gore with the bus driver foot and someone else getting hit by a bus, and we got NASCAR drivers in Vegas. First of all, the revenue alone that Vegas would give you because you 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 get like write-offs and stuff if you shout Vegas out, which is why all those movies had Vegas in the '90s. Like, let's go to Vegas because they were spending money to get people to shoot there makes perfect sense to me right so uh i think we got ourselves a hit let's take the hbo max done let's make it happen they don't have anything going on right they need a hit they need a speed remake yeah (laughs) oh speed fast track oh that is that is very funny it's a producer on this oh it's a speed was made by 20th century fox this is a disney movie wow was it really made by fox that's that's what NDB Pro says. Wow. No, I trust uh, that. Well, I'm no, I'm sorry. The distributor is 20th Century Fox. Interesting. The okay. production company is the Mark Gordon company, but I don't know what that means. You mean the Jeff Gordon company, because we're going NASCAR now. Ah. Hey. So Good. I love it. I want to hear your cast here. All right. So let's talk about casting. So for my Jack Traven, as I said, I gender swapped. And I wanted someone who's like Keanu Reeves gives off a particular energy. And so I wanted to kind of capture that energy while also being one of our greatest female action stars of the time. And that, of course, is Kristen Stewart. Wow. Okay. Like can give kind of the dry Keanu Reeves, but also like can deliver his jokes with a little bit more charisma. Yeah. Because like she has this excellent balance of like, because there's the Bella of the Twilight movies. But like she's also in Spencer and like she was in the, the new Charlie's Angels, which was great. And like she gets to balance her uh, her Princess Diana with her crazy person from Charlie's Angels a little bit. I love it. No, that's funny. Tell me who you had for uh, Jack. Well, when you had talked about doing the gender the gender swap, I had last night when we were or today when we were talking about it, I had rewritten mine. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Jack. Ah. Oh. I love she, her so much because she's kind of like- going into that action route, like you know that John Wickian kind of thing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It wasn't, was Kate the movie that she was just in, the Netflix one? I think, yes, I think that is Kate. That was yeah. so good. I would absolutely do Mary Elizabeth Winstead instead. Sweet. Okay, so who did you have for Annie? Tessa Thompson. <laughs> Great. Nope, nope. Yes, no, that's right. Tessa Thompson. I just, sorry, I had a, yes, it is Tessa Thompson. For some reason, when I wrote it down, it autocorrected to Emma Thompson, which would be oh. wonderful, but not who I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, that's a wild choice. I'm not opposed to that. That's yeah, it. I mean, she doesn't have to run around or do anything crazy. She just sits in a seat and drives. Right. Uh, who did you have for um, Annie? So because it's Annie, I wanted yeah. to cast an Anna. So I cast Anna Diarmas. Okay. I mean, that, uh, I, I love her. She's so good. And I just saw, crap, what's the name of the movie I just saw that she's in? And it's really good. Oh, no. It's the one with guns and shooting. Oh, and oh, the crazy oh. guy and yeah. uh, Chris Evans is in it. I know what you're talking about. Oh, Gray Man. Okay, it's not a good movie, but it's a fun kind of campy action movie, and that's kind of what you want. And I like and Anna De Armas specifically in No Time to Die, and Knives Out, and Blade Runner. She's so good at being incompetent until she's not incompetent. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so like I would vote for Anna De Armas in this one. Uh, I cool. love that. I think that's a great one. All right, so that brings me to Howard Payne, which is our, our terrorist. So you went first you, the last one. I wanted someone who has specifically talked about how difficult it is because he's really good at playing the villains and it always takes a lot out of him, but he's so good at it. Like, I mean, he's a natural... Like, we didn't think he was going to be a good villain in Spider-Man 3, but he was. And then in American Ultra, he's a great villain. And then in Black Klansman, he's so good. And that, of course, is Topher Grace. Wow. What a wild fucking choice. Um, Thank you. Because he, like, he's older than he looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But like you then, like when you finally do the reveal and he's like behind the counter taking chips and you're like, everyone in the audience would be like, that's Topher Grace. Oh God, he's the bad guy. Yeah. And it'll make perfect sense. Cause he's also like, just look at him. He's the perfect, perfect central casting type for like a cop. So my, my idea kind of went a different direction. I was thinking more like, you know, if we did have the, the police chief or like higher up official who's been disgraced as Howard. Sure. Um, you know, think like Gavin Newsom, like very slick, uh, presentational, seems very, very charming. And then in the end, you know, and has played a couple villains and does it very well. He's not the go-to. Daniel Craig would be my Howard. That would also be wild. Because I think it would just be so different for him. And and, to get, and it's a great nod to like the Gary Oldman and, um, you, you know, like um, who played Snape? I can't remember Snape right now. The actor. Oh, oh God. Oh no. <laughs> uh, oh, come uh, on. Alan Rickman. Thank you. Um, uh, COVID's not a joke. So Al- Alan Rickman and Gary Oldman played all these great, like, you know, Fifth Element and Die Hard. Yeah. They had the Brits in the villain role and we got away from that for a long time. And, and now because this is paying an homage to the trope of the nineties, it'd be really fun to get like a Brit in the part again. It was just that my, would be very funny. Yeah. My, the only counter I have to that is that, like he's having to play an LAPD cop. Yeah, yeah. An LAPD cop with a British accent. And we've heard his version of an American accent and it's not great. He he could do he I mean he they they obviously we'd have to work on it, but yeah, it doesn't have to be southern. He do, he does southern to affect it, I think. You know what might be funnier cuz I did not cast this character. What if we cast him as the tourist, as uh the the guy who's there is like I didn't even I wasn't even supposed to be in Hilarious. town. Yeah, funny. That's funny. Oh God, what's that? What's that character's name? Um, I, he was played by Alan Ruck, and his character Stevens. Was... His name is just Stevens. Yeah, yeah. All right, I want to make Stevens Daniel Craig, if that's okay. Yeah, cool. All right, and then we'll go with uh, Topher Grace, just because I love Topher Grace. Um, I have Captain McMahon, who was the 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 chief of police. I I, I wasn't expecting anyone. I just like threw someone in it. Um, yeah. he's a, an actor who's been in The Wire. He was in Selma. He's in Horrible Bosses. The the actor's name is Wendell Pierce. Oh yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Did you have someone for this role, or that? No, was... I didn't. No, yeah, I didn't. I just I realized mean... I was like, that's a niche casting choice. But you might have had someone for the Jeff Daniels role for Harry. I didn't know because in my version, I wanted to cut Harry out. But I'm I'm that's curious right. who who you would. I mean, I wanted someone who clearly was like just like because I, I didn't know we were going to end up going like driving to Vegas, and I was like someone who'd be you'd be sad that he died, but also someone who's like who got sidelined, and you just like you could just tell that they're just seething that they're on the sidelines. Yeah. So I went with Dave Batista. Oh, with that, yeah, absolutely. And he's just like sitting there on the phone. Is like, if I was there, this is what I would be doing. Yeah, no, you don't get to see him in that position. I love that idea. Uh, Dave Batista is cool. great. And also just because I like, I like the idea of uh, just Dave Batista and in my head, Kirsten Stewart being like paired up, but like yeah. Dave Batista paired up with Mary Elizabeth Winstead's very funny. So I have four other characters. I have the bus driver. I have, I have Ortiz and I, oh no, only three. And I have Helen. Yeah. I've got a couple of those. Okay. Um, you went first for, so do you have the bus driver? Ortiz was Luis Guzman. Who's playing uh, Gomez Adams in the Adams Luis family? Luis Guzman is so good. I love him. We're probably going to have to do that. Yeah. Ho, who's your Ortiz? So, because his name is Ortiz, I cast someone whose last name is Ortiz, and I cast John Ortiz. Okay. Just because uh, I'm um, a child. Yeah. And uh, John Ortiz is—he's been in a bunch of things. He's in Silver Linings Playbook. He's in American Gangster. He's in Fast and Furious. He's great. Uh, but more importantly, Luis Guzman needs to be in this movie. Good, 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 good. All right. So then for my bus driver, I had an actor who's been in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He was in Lincoln. Yeah. He was in Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, he's an actor named Coleman Domingo. Okay. And I don't know. I just thought it'd be good. Yeah. Uh, I went a totally different direction. Uh, Martin Starr as the bus driver. <laughs> just <laughs> Jesus. That's so weird. I was just thinking someone who like, well, cause anyone can be a bus driver. And it's, it yeah. is, it's weird when you look at the nineties where very much the casting offices were, were placing, you know, underrepresented groups in, in different categories that I would consider typecasting, especially looking back at, at a movie. 
if anything, actually, Martin Starr might be a better choice for our Howard Payne because he's just doing his, wow. his standard regular Martin Starr thing the whole movie. And then when he finally has to get violent, like you see that that flip, that switch flip. And right. like, oh, this is the Howard, this is the Martin Starr that killed someone. Well, and I guess that was for me why I wanted someone in on it. And like if we had the bus driver in on it and the Kaiser Soze thing, that was yeah. sort of my thought behind that was like oh, Martin Starr's bad in on it and then he gets shot but he's actually not shot it's a squib and then you realize that there's someone on the bus so you know it was just a twist on the mr body kind of clue he's perfect casting for that like, so that was my that role in particular yeah that i made up i just all that stuff i yeah made but up. it's still a good idea i still like yeah. it uh and then i have helen um i also have helen i'm gonna keep us with coleman domingo just because sure. i'd rather not have another white person yeah um, but uh, I'm going come. to put Martin Starr on the bus anyway. Great. Good. He'll appreciate that. Who'd you have for Helen? And Dowd. <laughs> I don't Aunt know who that Aunt is. Lydia from uh, Handmaid's Tale. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Well, no, you definitely know Ann Dowd if you look at her. She's not Marco Martindale, but they kind of look alike. Yeah, sort of a stout, I, stout looking, stern looking yeah. lady. Yeah. Like, she's obviously great. Um, yeah. My. Uh, she's great. Yeah, like we will probably go with her. My my uh, my Helen was uh, Kathy Najimy. Oh, she'd be great. I love Kathy Najimy. Like she kind of has that uh, that energy of like, but you, but with her, with her, I think Anne Dowd is a better choice, and I think Anne Dowd's a better choice because you're not expecting her to like lose her shit and jump the bus. Yeah, but Kathy yeah. Najimy. I kind of did a one for one, and you'd see her and you go, oh, she's she can't handle this. Yeah, and yeah, and, yeah. and Kathy Najimy's great, but she plays anxious very well. No, 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 for sure. So I think Anne Dowd is, is better. So let's go with Anne Dowd. And then that's it in terms of like cast that I have. Did you have any other actor roles that I'm missing? No, no, I okay. didn't. So that brings us to writer and director. So I have a writing team and then I have my director. Do you have a hyphenate? How do you have it set up? Why don't you go first? I have, are you thinking Miller and Lord? No. For the writers? literally everyone comes into my podcast and says Lord and Miller. And I'm like, okay. okay. yeah. Everyone is, Lord and Miller can write it, and then Taika Waititi can direct it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah they, they can't do every pot, yeah, <laughs> every movie I do. So um, I, so the writing team I came up with, uh, they worked on, the first movie of theirs that I saw is called It's Kind of a Funny Story, which didn't do especially well, but I always thought it was really sweet, and I kind of mm. liked it. They also did a movie called Sugar, and more recently, they're the writing team behind Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Uh, this team is Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. And then I have a separate director. Who did you have for a uh, writer? So uh, John Hober, who wrote The Meg and a couple other action sci-fi movies that are really great. Uh, John, John and Eric Hober. They've done a bunch of, bunch of stuff. Sure. But they basically, uh, funny enough, one of the ones that they did were, uh, was My Spy with Dave Bautista. They, but they wrote Battleship. They wrote Red. <laughs> so definitely this idea of these like uh so here here specifically what they did both the red movies i mean those are good like the meg and some of these other and battleship are bad but red is good like red is legitimately great what i'm looking for is that crossroad of of someone who has the experience with like unironically cheesy and then accidentally a gem so they did my spy you want to roll the dice on this one a little bit Absolutely. I think you need to. I think in order to make this work, you need screenwriters that can go campy. And then it's going to come down to the director, you know, to come in and really help them own that screenplay. I think that's fair. And I agree with you. So Red, Red 2, My Spy, My Spy 2. Again, stinker, stinker, stinker. Transformers, Rise of the Beasts, which might be awesome. Uh, No. (laughs) It might be. It might be. Bumblebee wasn't bad. That's Um, true. The crazy thing is that he's in pre-production on, he's the writer behind Naruto. You can't have, like, is he the translator? How, how are you doing this? You should not, what is happening? I don't know, but he. uh, I want to know how he got that job. I don't know, I don't know. There you go. How about, how about directors? Uh, So for director, I went first to the last one, your turn. No, 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 you go, you go. Okay. Um, So for my director, I I wanted someone who does grounded action movies very well. And it's a very, a particular style. And it would be very weird to bring this particular director to the United States where he does not normally work, but I've enjoyed his movies recently. And I think that they're very fun. 
And I think if you just give him an opportunity to play with actors, he brings mm-hmm. out really interesting characters and choices from all of them. And even if you don't love the movies, they are always fun to watch. And that's why, uh, like, a couple of weeks ago, I did the, uh, a double feature of The Man from Uncle and The Gentleman. But he also yeah. did the Sherlock Holmes movies. He did Snatch and, like, Guy Ritchie making Speed. Can you imagine? Interesting. Guy Ritchie would be great. Sam Mendes was my boring choice uh, because obviously this would be really great. But also Chloe Zhao, who did Eternals, would be really great because she handled. Did you see the Eternals? I did. She handled the action and the over the top elements, like some really, really big set pieces and like the MacGuffin chase in some really cool ways. Like I really enjoyed that movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. She took a really crazy premise and she brought it down to earth, pun intended. And I, I really liked that. I am glad you liked The Eternals. <laughs> I did. I liked The Eternals. I did not. That said, if we're taking crazy risks, I'm not opposed to making Chloe Zhao our director. I think that's probably a better choice if I'm being honest than Guy Ritchie. And then, yeah, Sam Mendes is the boring choice. If you want to do a movie where we are, here's the thing. It's a big cast and we're going to be sitting with these characters and getting to know these characters and they have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And what Chloe Zhao does really well is get, is take the time to get you to get to know these characters. And that's what we need for this movie is we're stuck. It's a, it's a box episode with just these people stuck together for an right. hour and a half. Right. And we need to know and care about every single person on that bus. Which, to be perfectly honest, I didn't know or care about most of the people on that bus. Most of them were just background. And I I think if you want to get us to know all of them, Chloe Zhao is, in fact, the right person to do that. Also, if we do go with Chloe, I would retcon my choice of Helen and put Frances McDormand in there. Because they've worked together and she's she's fabulous. She could do Unhinged very well. (laughs) I'm sure she would, but I don't think we need Unhinged. I think we need uh, Panicked. And I don't see Frances McDormand getting panicked or flustered at all. Okay, okay. Because it's Helen. Helen's the one that gets who panics and tries to jump off the bus and gets exploded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know I I know the character. I mean Francis McDormand, I would I would make the terrorist. Hilarious. That'd be great. I mean that would be amazing. Should we do that? Well, because then you make her, you either make her, she was on the force or maybe her husband was, was a disgraced police officer who either is in jail or killed himself. I would make her the police officer. Beautiful. Like, like it would have to be her. And she's the one that like kept killing people and kept, and like kept getting away with it until she didn't anymore. Great. I mean, if we're going to do that, like if Frances McDormand is going to be in the movie, she has to be Howard Payne. Let's go for it. I love it. Okay. That is our cast for Speed. Woo! Uh, Speed. Going to Vegas. So let me take you through our cast. Jack Traven is going to be Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Annie will be Anna de Armas. Howard Payne will be Francis McDormand. <laughs> or Topher Grace, depending on which way you view it. Mostly Francis McDormand. Uh, Captain McMahon will be Wendell Pierce. Harry will be Dave Batista. Sam, the bus driver, will be Coleman Domingo. Stevens will be Daniel Craig. And Martin Starr will be there too somewhere. Ortiz will be Louise Guzman. Helen is going to be uh, Anne Dowd. All of this will be written by John Haber and then directed by Chloe Zhao. And that is Speed. We remade Speed. I love it. I love it. It's great. So yeah, Brock, thank you so much for uh, being on the show and talking about this ridiculous movie with me. Now's the time to tell people about your social medias or to promote anything you'd like to promote. Uh, well, I'm now an EP on a new speed movie that's in production with my congratulations, uh, Sam. Thank you. We can't talk about it right now, but of course, yeah, people want to follow me. I'm on social media. Brock talks my name, B-R-O-C-K and the verb of talk Brock talks on Instagram, but on Twitter, it is phonetic talk. So it's T O C K S because there's a little old lady in Maine who has a podcast named Brock talks. Because her last name is Brock. <laughs> is, she just a big, is she just a big fan of the Rock gym leader? Yeah, she loves, she's a real big fan of Pewter City, yeah. Uh, that's funny. No, that's me. And uh, I'm, I'm working on a couple things right now. I've got a new show on Disney Plus people can check out called um, Hamster and Gretel. And a lot of, mostly animation's my thing, but I love movies and I'm always down to talk about them. Especially and, that sweet spot of the mid-90s. And if our, uh, if my listeners are anything like me, 
50% of all the ads they've been getting on Instagram for the past two weeks have been Hamster and Gretel. We're doing something right. Yeah. yeah so there you go. There you go. Sweet. Cool. Um, if you're interested in following me, I am at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H on uh, Twitter. Or you can follow the podcast at Ideal Remake on Twitter or Instagram or join us on Facebook or join the Dueling Genre Discord, which has a link in the show notes of this. If you want to tell us something we missed, if you like what we did with Speed or you don't like what we did with Speed, you're welcome to tell us. But the important thing is you got to tell us quickly. Uh, and because... Ideal Remake is a part of the Dueling Genre Network. I wanted to talk about one of the other shows on the network. And this week I am talking about Dame, Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where when the show is going, they release episodes multiple times a week featuring an individual minute from the Disney movie they're covering. I don't know if they've started releasing episodes from 101 Dalmatians, but basically when they do, they're going to be talking about 101 Dalmatians one minute at a time. Uh, but they have all sorts of, like, they got Fish Facts, and they did Mad Max, and they did all these other Disney movies, and you should check it out. Um, but yeah, that is Speed. So, Brock, thank you very much for being my guest. And we yeah, end this episode the same way we end all my episodes, which is, what is your favorite quote from the movie, Speed? Oh, God, I wrote it down, too. God damn it. I, I Oh, no. There's a specific one that he says. Oh, no, all of Dennis Hopper's lines are great. This is so, you picked, like, one of the most, like, it's not quotable, like offhand quotable, because yeah. it's not a movie people talk about. But there's so many great, like, what did he just say? Um, oh, God, there's so many good. Oh, no, no, here we go. Poor people are crazy, Jack. I'm eccentric. Uh, when he's walking o- walking away with the money, it's such yeah. a such a weird commentary <laughs> about it, Yeah, because now that he has his money, he's rich. So, okay, now that I'm rich, I'm not crazy anymore. I'm eccentric. Yeah, that's great. That's an amazing line. I love it. Yeah, there you go. Good. All right. Awesome. We did it. And now it's time to come to a stop. Boom.